Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. We are in week two of our message series, Girls Going Wild Bible Style. Amen. Last week we opened up with Rahab and we spoke about the labels that bind. And we're dealing with the labels that bind. We realize that Rahab is known throughout history, not just as Rahab, but Rahab the harlot, the prostitute. And we realize that this label has always been with her, but that was not the end of her story. And because of her faithfulness and because of her life, God changed her life. This being a Canaanite woman, God actually transformed her life. And she went from just being Rahab, Rahab, the prostitute or the harlot. But if you read the genealogy of Jesus, this is Jesus' great, 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 so many far great removes, grandmother. And so here God transformed, amen, this Canaanite woman who wasn't even part of the family of Israel. And yet, he engrafted her in because of his grace. The labels that bound her, God used of everything that bound her to transform her. And she became the great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So if God could transform Rahab and can do great things in her life, we know that he can do it in our life. Today, we're talking about Jezebel. <laughs> Jezebel. Sometimes when you hear that name, it just causes chills to rump your spine because we think so many different things. I know growing up, amen, in church, amen, you would hear, you would think Jezebel was the lady that sat in the back with all red on or something, or red lipstick, that Jezebel, or stuff like that. And, you know, many times we have in our culture and our society, made up a, a definition of what we thought Jezebel was or who Jezebel is. And as I read the Word of God, many times what we concoct, especially in church circles, amen, is not really accurate to what the Word of God says. And so I realized that Jezebel was not just a person in terms of, yes, she was a, a person in the Word of God, but where we concoct someone or would say someone is a Jezebel, it's not really that person, it's really a spirit, it's really a mindset. And so we're going to learn about this woman named Jezebel, another bad girl of the Bible. Now, the thing is, her story doesn't end as so victorious as Rahab did, because Rahab started out bad, but she got rid of the labels that bound her, amen, and she got renewed in her faith to the God of Israel. But we realize that Jezebel from day one was not thinking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She had her own, her own itinerary, her own agenda from day one. And unfortunately, she died that way. But we can draw lessons from Jezebel because she was a queen in Israel. And so we can learn. You know, sometimes we, we see people who have made major mistakes and we write them off. Many times we need to look at their lives to learn lessons of what to do and what not to do. And so we're going to learn lessons from Jezebel today, what she did and what she didn't do that often caused her, that, that caused her demise at the end. 
Let's just pray that God would prepare our hearts for the word. Father, we pray this morning that you would open up our ears and our hearts to receive the word from you this morning. We ask, Lord God, that you breathe life upon us this morning, that you would give us a, a rhema word, a, a right now word, that means that you would speak to our circumstance, our situation, that you will cause us to, to learn, to be educated, to learn more about faith and more about our walk and our journey, Lord God, that you would give us revelation knowledge that we haven't had previously, Lord. So we'll believe you today to speak to us. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my Redeemer and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, it's time to relinquish the desire for control. Or oh, let's try somebody else. Try another neighbor. Say, neighbor, it's time to relinquish the desire for control. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about that this morning because not only females deal with that, but men deal with it too. Amen. And so we're going to talk about relinquishing the desire to control or for control. When we hear the name Jay, I mean Jezebel, amen, first of all, it has such a, a, a synonymous uh, meaning with something that's evil. Someone who's twisted, someone who's demented, someone who is not fully there. We hear Jezebel, sometimes it, it, it creates a fear or it creates this, this negative picture of an individual. When you hear the name Jezebel, the very name Jezebel means where is Baal? Baal. Now, if you know anything about Baal, Baal was, was, was one of the gods that they worshipped in the Canaanite or Phoenician culture. As God was giving the Israel the land of Canaan, the very Canaanites worshipped Baal. And Baal was one of the gods that they worshipped. Now, inside of that culture or that community and where they worshipped, they, 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 they worshipped Baal, first of all, because they worshipped for, for, for fertility purposes, they also worshipped him that, that, that their God would bless their crops so they could have produce and livestock and all these different things. So they felt as long as we serve Baal, and we had the Asherah poles um, uh, lifted up, which was where, which were the places, the high places they call, in which they actually left mutilated animals or sacrificed animals for their gods. As long as we do these things to our gods, we'll be okay. These were very people who sacrificed their own children. They had orgies, a part of their worship experience. Just a whole bunch of evil, a whole bunch of, of just wickedness today in our, in, in, uh, compared to our society and, and our culture. This culture was very dark and very grim. So as Israel was taking over the land of Canaan, because the Bible says that God promised them Canaan. As they were taking over the land of Canaan, there were some key commands that God gave to the Israelites. First of all, they were not to intermarry. They were not to marry anyone outside of Israel. Okay? So they wasn't supposed to intermarry, intermingle with the Canaanites whatsoever. Also, they were not to worship their gods. They were not supposed to leave the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the God who brought them through the Red Sea. This is the God who crossed them from the desert that they stayed in 40 years. 
Amen. And this is the God who crossed them over Jordan. This is the God who brought down the walls of Jericho. This is that God. They was not supposed to serve any God. God gave them ten commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's number one. That's the big ten. <laughs> so already there were ten commandments that were given for them to follow by. But the Bible says that if you read in the account of 1 Kings chapter 18, as you go through 18, 19, 20, and 21, that's your homework, amen. You can read about the account of Jezebel and all the different things that she has done. But as we read that her husband Ahab, amen, married Jezebel. Jezebel's father, amen, was a, was a priest or a mayor, if you will, in his culture. He was one of the chief priests in his religion. So when Ahab married this woman, first of all, he disobeyed God because that wasn't supposed to be his wife, number one. And then number two is she had her own agenda for control, her own agenda. So when we hear the name Jezebel, it means where is Baal? It means that this is who she was looking for from the get-go. It means that she didn't have her heart set on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But she had her heart set on her gods and the way she was raised in her culture. You know? And so that was the focus that Jezebel had. Now, it's so ironic because the name Jezebel in English is the name Isabel. The name Isabel comes from Jezebel. But the very name Isabel means virgin, means someone who's pure, someone who's righteous. But yet, Jezebel and her attitude actually meant the opposite. So yet he thought he was taking someone who was pure, someone who followed him. Ahab thought this. But yet it was to his demise, to his kingdom. And so when we hear about Jezebel in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 4, we hear that Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets. Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets. In other words, Jezebel was silencing the voice of God in the nation. That's one thing that the Spirit does. It tries to silence the voice of God. Because she does not want God to be heard, but she wants to be heard. Now, it got so bad that even, even, even there were people who were hiding prophets all around, trying to, trying to save prophets from being slaughtered because she did not want to hear God because her thing is, where is Baal? That's, that's the God that, that I want to serve. That's the God that I want to be a part of. Now, here's the thing when it comes to control. There is a dangerous a desire to control. We all like control, if we'll be honest with ourselves. We like, to, we, we like control. We like everything to be according to a certain plan, a certain way, especially if you type A personality. You like things to go a certain way. Especially if you're a routine person, you know, I wake up at this time, I do this at this time, I get dressed at this time, I catch my bus at this time, and if something goes off, it's like, what is going on? It kind of ruins your whole day. <laughs> and so if you're a routine individual, you know, you have a certain order. If, if you're a person, you're a planner, you have your five-year plan, you want it to happen the first year, you're going to do this and do that. And I'm not saying this ain't, this ain't anything wrong with having goals. Amen. You should have a goal. Bible said, write the vision, make it plain. Come on. 
you, you need to have a plan. Amen. You need to have an idea of where you're going and what you're doing. But in Jezebel's mindset and in her attitude, she wanted to control from the get-go. And she did not use her feminine wiles, ladies, to draw her husband to the Lord, but to draw him away from the Lord. And this is how it started. Number one, it started with controlling words. Controlling words. Controlling words. She said in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 2, So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, that if by this time tomorrow I don't make your life like one of them. Now what she was talking about, if you read the chapter before, it was when the prophet Elijah in the Bible had a showdown. I call it a showdown because he said, you know what? You don't believe God is real. Let's have a showdown. You're killing off all the prophets. I'm the only one left that's here. He said, this is what we're going to do. He said, let's go up to the high place. Let's go up to the mountain. He said, you know what? I want you to get, I want you to get so many of your prophets. Okay? I want you to get 450, I believe the number was, 450 of your prophets. Bring them here. Let them set up an altar before their God. And I want you to pray that your God, Baal, will light the sacrifice on fire. And he said, then I'm going to pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm going to pray that God set my sacrifice on fire. So the Bible says they set up the altar, all the prophets gathered around, and the Bible said they kept, they kept crying out to their God, they would cry out to Baal, do it, light the fire. And it got so mad that, you know, you know, you know, you know Elijah was being kind of smart. He said, I don't think your God is hearing you. Why don't you cry a little louder? And so the Bible said they cried even louder, do it, do it, do it. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. And he said, okay, you had, you had all these hours to do this, and your sacrifice has not gotten consumed by your gods. He said, okay, this is what I want you to do, because I don't want you to think I'm cheating or anything. I want you to get buckets of water, jars of water. I want you to pour, I want you to drench up the wood, because if you try to light a match to wet wood, guess what? It will never catch. He said, I want you to, 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 to put water on the wood. And so he did that. And when he did that, and he said, no, do it one more time, because I don't want no one saying that we cheated here. And he did it. And the Bible said he prayed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Bible says fire came from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. And it was just awesome what he did. And God was so awesome that the very prophets of Baal got slaughtered that day. Got slaughtered that day. So his, a, so his Ahab, who's the king at the time, went back and told his wife, you know what? Because here it is, Jezebel was killing off the Lord's prophets, but here's Elijah killing off Baal's prophets. And so she heard through her husband what happened. So she said, you know what? Send this message to Elijah to let him know. May my God do with me severely that by time tomorrow, what you did to these prophets are going to happen to you. And so she used controlling words. Now, there were five statements that came out of these controlling words. Number one, it was a threat. How controlling words spoken, a statement spoken, many times it comes as a threat. Like, I wish you would do that. I wish you would do that. You're right. It comes out as a complaint. Ladies, sometimes we... 
complain, you know. And the husbands be like, oh, shh, shh, I'll get the garbage later, later. We take it as complaining. Sarcasm. Be it to the gods to disavail it with me that by time tomorrow I'll deal with you. Sarcasm. We're sarcastic. Like, uh huh. Yeah, mm hmm. Honey, you, you, you're doing that? Mm hmm. Yeah. Sarcastic. Sarcasm. And last but not least, insults. Insults. So, Jezebel used words of control. And it came forth in threats, in complaints, in sarcasm, okay, in insults. And the last but not least, it came in a place of authority like she was giving an ultimatum. It's either this or that's it to control. And I know that, you know, many times we read this, you say, well, pastor, I'm not. I'm not sarcastic. I'm not, I'm not this. We could, we could, we could grew up in a home where our parents were very strong. We could have had a, a strong mother or a strong father, not just females, men too. And we use sarcasm. We use alternatives. We, we, we use threats. We use complaints. We use insults to control, to manipulate. This, this thing is so serious that the Bible calls this very sort of control witchcraft. Witchcraft. Because it, it, it's, it's manipulation. It's manipulation. You know, it's, it's, it's manipulation. And Jezebel had this thing so good because she had a husband wrapped around her finger. So anything that she wanted, amen, she knew how to get her stuff done. So this is my husband. I, I'll just whip it on him. I'll just do what I need to do. To get done what I need to get done. I have my own agenda. And see, I, 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 I love that God gives us this picture, this, this, this idea in the word of God. But let's me know that women are powerful. Women, you are powerful. The Bible says you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. Yes, you are. You're gorgeous. You're beautiful in the sight of God. Amen? Amen. And so it lets me know that women have power. Women, women have a place. I, I, I come against the mindset that women are second-class citizens and, 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 they, and, and they, they, they are just someone to be left behind. But that's not what the Word of God is showing us here. There are many women who are prominent stature and many women who have been given gifts of leadership, of gifts, gifts to do great things for God and great things in our culture and society. But what we see here is someone using what God has given them in a natural means, in, in an evil way, in a, in a deceptive way. Instead of using that power of persuasion, amen, because I, I look at my wife. My wife has the gift of persuasion. Amen. She has my ear. So if I'm like, honey, I don't want to do that, she's like, honey, just listen. Why don't we just, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, how can I say no to that sweet smile? How can I? You know, like, okay, fine. You got me all soft. I'll do it. Come on. Amen. Come on, little girl. Stop to your daddy. Daddy, please. And you just bat them eyes. He's like, how can I say no to an angel? Like, right, Brother Dwayne? How can I say no to an angel like that? Look at her. She's on daddy's shoulder right now. Just like, 
How can I say no to an angel like that? So you have a gift of persuasion. But she was using this gift of persuasion through her controlling words to, to pull her husband away from his purpose, which was to be the king of Israel, which was supposed to lead them and follow the precepts of the God of Israel. The Bible says in Proverbs 18:21 that the power of death and life is in the tongue. The power of death and life is in the tongue. Words are so important. I know we used to say when I was, you know, little, six systems may break my bones, but words would never hurt me. That's a lie. Words do hurt. Yes, they do. Someone calls your name fatty or this or that, or they make fun because of, of the color of your skin or, or this or, 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 or sorts of different things because you're different from anybody else. It hurts. It hurts. It's painful. You have people who are committing suicide because people are making fun of them. Because they feel so left alone. They're being bullied. Because people are are making... Words do hurt. The power of life and death is in the tongue. If you speak positive words to somebody, let let me tell you what. They'll become positive. They'll become great. If you say you're great, you're wonderful. You're awesome. You're going to do great things. Guess what? They will do great things. But if you constantly say, you're foolish, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're just like your daddy, and just speak all these negative things, they will never become anything great. They'll be insecure. They'll be broken. They'll be low. They'll be just so, 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 so discouraged, so depressed, because they feel like there's nothing to live for. That's why even when we come to faith in Christ, he said, hear my words. He said, he said, when you confess your sin, when you confess, when you make the confession out of your mouth and you believe it in your heart, you are saved. That's how we come to faith in Christ. Words are so important. Confession, what we say is so important. And the words that Jezebel was saying were words that brought destruction, were words that brought hurt but words that, that brought, upon, brought upon her own plan, her own, her own agenda, her own things that she had to deal with. Number one, so we dealt with controlling words. This is the dangerous desire to control. Number two, manipulative actions. Jezebel used manipulative actions. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 7, Jezebel, his wife, said, Is this how you act as the king over Israel? <laughs> get up and eat. Cheer up. She said, I'll get you the vineyard of Neboth, the Jezreelites. Now, let me give you the backdrop to this. Neboth had a piece of property, a vineyard, right outside of the palace. Amen. Of Ahab and Jezebel, right outside their palace. He wanted this piece of property so he could plant his own little fruit garden, his vegetable garden, excuse me. And so he went to them both and said, hey, you know what? I, I know you got this, this property here. Um, I want to buy this piece of property so, you know, I can use this as, you know, my, my, my garden, you know, this type of thing. Would you sell it to me? I'll pay top dollar. As a matter of fact, I'll trade you. I'll give you something even better 
for this one. And both said, no, not by the, this, this is my family's inheritance. This has been in our family for generation from generation to generation. And I just want this to continue to go in my family, in my family's name. So I'm not going to sell it to you, King, with all due respect. And so he got so upset. Ahab, now this is the king now. He stopped eating. He getting all upset. So here comes Jezebel. Honey, what's wrong? Why are you acting like this? You're supposed to be the king of Israel. What's wrong with you? Get up and, and eat something. Cheer up. And so he told her, you know, just like a, like, 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 like a little baby. Well, Naboo won't give me the boom, 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 boom. He won't give me the property. I want to buy it from him. And she said, you know, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So here's, this is what Jezebel does. And, 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 and this is how wicked this woman is. She writes a letter and signs her husband's name to it like he wrote it. Husband don't even know about it. And said, I want to have this special dinner in the boat's honor to have him come to the palace and eat. But he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have two, 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 two scoundrels, two, 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 two criminals come. And they're going to accuse him of blaspheming the name of the Lord. Sit on his left and on his right. And so they have this special dinner. Read it. It's in the word of God. The special dinner in his honor. And he said, and, and, and the criminal said, Naboth has blasphemed the name of the Lord. I heard him. He did it. He did it. He did it. And they take Naboth out and they stone him to death. Then she goes back to us and say, honey, oh, you can have the land now. Oh, Naboth, he's dead. She didn't tell him why or how it happened. He's dead now. You can, you can have the land. He said, really? She said, yes, it, it, it is yours. It is yours. Manipulative actions. We have to be careful as brothers and sisters in Christ that we don't allow our actions to become manipulative. We do things because we're expecting something back. We do things because we're trying to get our own purpose and our own agenda across. We have to be careful. Especially leaders in the church, we have to be careful are we pushing our agenda or the Lord's agenda? At home, ladies, are you pushing your agenda? What you want? Are you pushing what the vision of the house is from your husband? See, you're supposed to have a vision for your home. Amen? Are you pushing what you want or what your husband or, or you have come together in agreement with? Manipulative actions. Ultimately, the result of Jezebel's evil quest to control, here we go and we're closing, led her husband far away from God. Ahab was not an assertive type of individual. He was very laid back, you know, very, very docile, very laid back. It seems like every time he needs to do something, he needs someone to constantly speak to his ear. You could do it, you could do it. He didn't have, he was like he was a very insecure very laid-back type of individual. And we do have people who are like that. You know, we have men who men are just quiet and laid-back in nature, you know, that type of thing. I, you know, and you, you have people like that. You know, I, I think about um, uh, uh, my, my in-laws, amen. I think about how my um, wife's uncle was very laid-back. You know, his wife was a strong one. You know, very laid-back, but he knew how to put his foot down when something needs to be said. You know, quiet like a lamb. But when he opened his mouth, he sounded like a lion. 
<laughs> and so there, 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 there's nothing wrong with someone who's quiet, who's laid back. Amen. But Ahab did not take his stand. And because he did not take his stand in his faith in God, and because he did not take his stand and honor God by marrying within the, 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 the country and the people of Israel, and he married someone who was a pagan, it ultimately led him away from the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Kings 21, verses 25 to 26, there was never a man like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols. Now, if you read Kings, the, 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 if you read Kings one and, and Kings and, and Second Kings, you read it. There were many kings who did dishonorable things in the sight of the Lord. You read it. There were only a few who did the, who, who who served God while they were king in a righteous manner. But no one was, was as evil, was as corrupted as King than Ahab. And it's because the Bible is clear. Urged on by his wife, Jezebel. Because of her, he didn't follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He followed after Baal. He allowed pagan worship to continue to happen in Israel. And he thought, well, we can have a little God here and a little God here. We can kind of please everybody. God has never been like that. God has never shared himself with anyone. That's why the Bible says, I am a jealous God. He said, I'm just because I want your full attention. I don't want any, there are no other gods beside me. It's me, me, and then me. That's what I want. And so that's the type of mindset that God had. So this was the result of Jezebel's evil quest to control. The second thing was she wrongly influenced the next generation. She wrongly influenced the next generation. Because of the evil that Jezebel did when she took up the vineyard of, of Naboth, and while Ahab was in that vineyard, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Elijah came and went to Ahab and said, you know what? Just the way you crushed the stone this man, you're going to be stoned on this property to death. Just the way you killed Naboth, God's going to kill you, and your wife is going to die the same way. Abraham cried, weeped, he tore his clothes, went to sackcloth of ashes, started fasting and praying, and because of his meekness, God says, oh, he's soft now. Now he really wants to follow me. Because, you know, it's not like when trouble come your way. Come on now. When you go through stuff, I'm going to church. I want to hear from God. Now, you haven't thought about God for months. You haven't prayed in weeks. You've blown off the dust off your Bible. You're going to read that scripture this week. <laughs> it's like, I need to hear from God. I need something. And God took notice of that. And, 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 and when that happened, God had a change of heart. He said, you know what? Okay. I won't allow it to happen in his generation. I'll allow it to happen to the next generation. And that's what happened. But because of Jezebel's evil influence, she wrongly influenced the next generation. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 22, How can there be peace? Jehu replied, As long as all of the adultery and witchcraft of your mother Jezebel abounds. The worship continued in the next generation. She wrongly influenced the next generation. Women, you're powerful. 
heard one pastor say, she that rocks the cradle rules the world. You have power. You have power. But she wrongly influenced the next generation. And last, it ultimately led to her death. The Bible said the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Here we read in the last part of 2 Kings 9, verse 33, it says, Throw her down, Jehu said. So they threw her down. And some of her blood splattered on the wall and the horses and they trampled her underfoot. And I'm not going to read it because it's so gruesome what happens to this woman. But by the time everything was done, nothing, only thing that was left were her hands and her feet. Everything else was devoured by dogs and trampled under feet by horses because of her evil, because of her manipulation, because of her controlling words. Jezebel is... It's not just a, 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 a woman who we see in the word of God, but it's a spirit. It's a mindset that uses the very gift that God has given us and in, as individuals that we're supposed to use for good to help others, to be a blessing to others, but yet use it for evil, for selfish desires. It's, it's, so, it's, it's, it's so gruesome, it's so evil that even Jezebel is mentioned in the book of Revelations. Bible says Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, she 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 is leading the people away from God. They even use her name as a as, as an example of one who leads God's people away from Him into idolatry, into wickedness, into sexual immorality. Because that was the mindset, that was the spirit that was on this woman, and we have to make sure, men and women, we have to make sure. That we're not living our lives under our control. That's why we sung that song this morning. I'm not going back. I'm moving ahead. I've surrendered my life to Christ. Because when we have a life that's surrendered to Christ, we're saying ultimately God is not about my control. It's about your control. Jesus struggled in the, in, while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he's about to be crucified. He said, Lord, if this cup can pass... Let this cup pass from me. If there's another way without me having to be crucified, then show me, please, right about now. I need to know. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, not my control, not what I want. Because what I want might not be what you want right now. Not my will, but your will be done. And the Bible says he submitted himself. He humbled himself. He became obedient to the death of the cross. God wants us today, here's the challenge. He wants us to submit our life to him. He wants us to give us, give us, give up our desire to relinquish our rights for control. He wants us to deal with those areas in our life. Because this, let me tell you, there's certain areas in our life that God does not have control over. It could be your finances. Is he Lord there? could be your relationships. could be your job. could be your education. I don't know what it is. There's so many different areas. Your health. That God might not be in control. You might think he is. But he's knocking. He's shining the flashlight in your heart. He said, I want that thing there. So what are the one or two areas in your life today that 
You desire most control. That's the area that God wants you to submit to him. Jezebel wouldn't submit to God. As a matter of fact, she killed the prophet so she could silence God. She said, ah, I don't want to hear that. Kill him. Kill him all. I don't want to hear it. I want to go after what I want to go after. Are we going to turn a deaf ear to God? Because that's a Jezebel mindset. Or are we going to turn our ears to God and attune to his voice and be obedient to what he's saying in our hearts today? So all heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask God to, to lead us, to, to guide us, to, to shine his spirit on us this morning. Whatever that thing is, a relationship, maybe you have a desired outcome. You say, i gotta, got to come out this way. It has to happen the way I plan it to happen. And it doesn't happen. Is that God's will or is that your will? It got to go this way. It's this way or it's not going to happen. I don't want it to happen. No. What is God's way? What is God's will? What is God's will? We don't have to go back to that way anymore. We can move ahead. We can move forward. We can ask God to give us the strength to move forward this morning. I'm just going to say a a general prayer, and, and if you're saying, Pastor Arthur, this, this, this message is for me. I, I know there's some areas that God is calling me to, to relinquish some control. I'm just going to ask you to stand, and we're going to pray corporately this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. There's no judgment here. This is a place of grace. Hallelujah. We all need a Savior. We all need God's love and his strength and his forgiveness. I just want to pray with you this morning. I'm standing with you. There's some areas in my own life. No one's perfect. I'm saying, Lord, I want to give you control in this. Lord, I really want this to happen, but if it doesn't, God, I'm struggling with it, God, but if it doesn't happen, God, I I want you to be in control. Even if the outcome is not what I want it to be, I, I, I want to give myself to you, God. I, 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 want, I want to give myself, oh God, I want, to, I want to be used by you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, Father, I just ask that you would just even now, God, that you would just minister and meet the needs of your people this morning, God. Father, I'm asking you that you would, even now, touch that air in our hearts. Oh God, that you want, oh God, control over God. Even now, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, I'm asking that you would speak, oh God, to our hearts. Give us the strength to relinquish the desire for control this morning, Lord God. Father, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I'm praying even now that you would give us that strength to say, Lord, not my will. Not my will. Not my will. But your will. Your will. Your will be done. Your will be done in my life. Your will be done in my marriage. Your will be done in my home. Your will be done in my job. Your will be done in my finances. Your will be done in my health. Your will be done in every relationship. Your will. Your will. Your will. I relinquish the desire for control over individuals, over children, over spouses. I relinquish. If it doesn't go my way, I'm not going to have a temper tantrum. I'm not going to get an attitude because 
I wasn't acknowledged because it wasn't done the way I thought it should be done. I give myself to you, God. So, Father, I pray today that even now you will hear our hearts, you will hear our prayers, and that you will give us the grace and the strength that we need, God, to do it your way and your way alone. Forgive us, Lord, for when we have taken our lives into our own hands have done what we wanted to do. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us right now in your precious blood. Your blood that removes all the sin, all the iniquity, all the past. Forgive us today, God, and wash us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And if you believe that this morning, just say amen. Amen.